and welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast that unites best friends on a quest to find the greatest films of all time. I'm your host Aaron and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies and films with my best buddy James. Good day. And this is episode 152. It is. You know, it's been a slog, but we're here and we're, we're glad that you've joined us for all of these episodes. Thank you so much. If it's your first time, welcome. James and I talk about movies and films on the quest to find the greatest of all time. We've done all sorts of different episodes. Last week we did uh, Alien Invasions. We did Alien Invasions. We told you... Based on the the films that we'd watched, The Survival Guide, How to Survive an Alien Apocalypse, An Invasion, What You Need to Do. Number one, beat on Cruise. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's basically the Lord's work last week. Yeah, it was, yeah. We saved a lot of potential lives in the future. <laughs> if <laughs> aliens show up, don't do their homework. <laughs> and the week before that, we did the Hannibal Lecter series. The week before that, I think we did Star Trek. We did. But we do all sorts of um, different episodes on different themes, uh, on different films, actors, directors, all sorts of things. 152 episodes to go back and to discover. If you're a returning uh, listener, thank you so much. Don't forget to hit subscribe. You'll get a new episode each and every week in your inbox on whatever platform you decide to use. Nice and early on a, on a Monday morning, 6am. There you go. For the early bird, especially for you, Christian. For the commuter. There you go. See, we're always after you. Always. Uh, so this week, childhood memories. Yeah, we decided to look back and find out, you know, what made us take the films that we grew up on, our, uh, our bed and butter, basically. We, we need to find out the root cause, mate, what's going on here. What but, happened to this? What happened here? What? Why? Why, what? why are we the way we are? Let's <laughs> play movies. <laughs> I mean, I had a good upbringing, James, with some good movies. I, I actually looked, I actually really enjoyed writing down today and remembering all the different films and... I, d- I don't know. I suppose the, the the ones that I gravitated towards the most. Yeah. And many of them I actually do still revisit nowadays. Oh, I don't. You see, when I was going through my list, so I've avoided, so I grew up on, you know, Star Trek, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, all those films that we've done episodes on, I've decided not to be talking about today. You know, go back and listen to those episodes. They were great fun to do. So I've picked other films that, that twinged the nostalgia. When I, when I was looking at them, I was like, oh, I remember watching that as a kid. I remember feeling that. And I realised I watched a lot of adult movies. <laughs> like, not not that adult. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, Different podcasts. So I've, so I've removed them. So it was like, uh, these. I won't be talking about this. Do you remember uh, Major Leagues with like Chris, uh, Charlie Sheen? He played mm-hmm. like, he had the weird glasses. I remember watching that all the time as a kid. But I was like, that was really inappropriate because I'm sure I was a naked lady at one point. Ooh, naughty, naughty, James. <laughs> Ratings were different back then. Ratings though. were different. They were a better time. See, no evil here, no evil. Yeah. No reason for nudity scene. Put it in. Ghostbusters blows obviously no reason. <laughs> Put it in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of things in there for, for the parents taking the kids. Nowadays, you don't get that anymore. <laughs> now, now you'll just get like a, a nod, like a fourth wall break. Mm. Just like, yep. Yeah. So we'll get on to that chat soon. And we also have some listeners that have uh, written in with their responses was to the movies that they remember fondly from growing up. So join us. Let's hold hands if oh. we're allowed. COVID, I don't know. Yeah, soon. Soon, soon, soon. Yeah. soon uh, as we take a trip down memory lane throughout this episode. Um, weird week, James. It was a weird week, starting off with England. England is, still in, <laughs> England is still in the Euros. Yeah, didn't now, see that coming, did we? By the time this episode goes out, because we're a week ahead, the final would have been played, wouldn't yep. it? So the semi and the final. So we have Denmark on Tuesday. We do. So again, just or Wednesday. Just, just Wednesday. for context, we're recording this today on the 5th of July. Yes. Monday the 5th, a week in advance. So... By the time this comes out, the final would have been played. Yes. So we did, need to did we get through, James? Oh, I can't believe it. Do you know what? Gareth gets a lot of stake for his team selection, but inspired choice putting Mark Strong on the wing. <laughs> <laughs> Just inspired, mate. Didn't see it coming. Hat trick. He mm. beat Italy. <laughs> yeah, sure. Italy and England in the final beat. And we did an Italian job. There you go. I've got movies in there. <laughs> if I'm being honest, 
Yeah, they got knocked out. Oh, yeah, Den- <laughs> Denmark 2 0. That would be such an England thing to do. Oh, beat Germany, beat Ukraine, lose 3 0 to Denmark. Didn't just beat the Ukraine, mate. You fucking slaughtered him. Did you watch it? Yeah. No, did you? Yeah. I, I, I think we'll uh, I think we'll lose. Uh, we'll, they'll, we'll go down a goal early against Denmark and then the whole game play well and then we'll, they'll score another one in the 89th minute and just fucking crush it. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. Um, but if not, well done. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. They're reopening the world. So That's by the time this comes out, we'll be a step, step closer. Uh, do you know what? I quite liked having the cinema to be own. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit upset that they'll be allowed to be full again. <laughs> so that's just the annoyance to me. I liked when we went to go see a quiet place and there was no one sat near us. I think it will be a phased reopening still uh, um, because I think people will still be somewhat hesitant really about going be. out. Yeah. But everything about that trip was nice. You know, it took us ages to get the tickets at the teller. But do you remember the popcorn was waiting for us? That was nice. Mm. There you go. I liked that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the world reopening, but I, I, I don't know, but hesitant still. Figures are still going through the roof. Well, if the human race has ever shown us anything, is that we can follow rules. <laughs> <laughs> That's been the biggest fucking curve out of all this. Like, everyone's like, you know, either pro Boris or against Boris Johnson or, you know, whatever it is. Like, what it's taught us is that humans are shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, the basic set of rules. But really, Stay indoors. <laughs> I really like, if you go back over a year and a half ago, People going, oh, it'll just be for a few months. A lot like World War One. Mm. <laughs> It'll be over by Christmas. Yes, but which one? <laughs> so we're still in lockdown. But do you know what? Going back, this podcast has changed, hasn't it? I mean, it's so different now to how it started. But, you know, we thank the listeners for being there with us mm. all the time. So thank you. Yeah, During this- these struggling hard times, you've supported your local podcast, and we appreciate it. It's been good, actually, to keep a hobby going yeah. throughout the pandemic. Do you remember it? All those lost memories, lost recordings over Zoom or however we were doing it, Zencaster. Oh, mate. Never again. Never again. Next pandemic, <laughs> mate, this podcast is the first thing to go. <laughs> the, I'll tell you what, you'll go this and then my waistline. <laughs> like, they're the two things going. Oh, you became a dad? It's been right weird. I've discovered that new cheese. Mate, it's been a big year for us both. <laughs> <laughs> Um, films. Yeah, let's get on to it. We've done politics, we've done sport, let's do films. So last week we did the alien invasion episode where we kind of gave our tips for how to survive uh, an alien apocalypse or an alien attack. And uh, the big film that was released last week on Amazon Prime was The Tomorrow War. Yeah. Of course, we recorded the episode in true sorrow in my seat fashion a week early. Yeah, we did. (laughs) So... um, we did get a chance to look, look at that movie, which would have been tied in really nicely. So instead, we're going to do it this week. Uh, so you've seen it? I have seen it. I have seen it also. So just give it a context. The, the Tomorrow War 2021 sci-fi action movie. It's two hours and 20 minutes long. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Director Chris McKay from the Lego Batman movie stars Chris Pratt. J.K. Simmons. Um, Yvonne Stravosky. Famous for playing Miranda in Mass Effect. There you go. Move I'm going on. Dexter, mate. You go Dexter. You can also go Chuck as well. Yeah, she's very big. However, Miranda, Mass Effect, move on. Uh, Betty Gilpin and Sam Richardson. So Chris Pratt plays Dan, ex-military, now secondary school teacher. (laughs) Of course, because you've got to explain his muscles somehow. (laughs) (laughs) Who gets drafted in a fight for mankind's survival against an alien invasion that is years in the future. So in this future war, humans are are losing, they're on the back foot. And what they they do is they go back in time to recruit people and draft people from our time to jump forward and to help them in the tomorrow war. Oh, that's a stupid name for a war. <sighs> I like the idea of this film, like on paper, this, and, and the film does heavily lend on movies like Terminator, Aliens, um, Full Metal Jacket, Edge of Tomorrow. It's got it all. It, yeah. It, this, this movie, like 
is is the is the spare parts of all them films put together. And I, I think on paper, this film I was quite interested to see. It looked like a big budget. It was a huge budget, like 200 million for a streaming site. This mm. is not many streaming site movies get this budget. And I know it was probably originally tipped for a cinema release, obviously, but... Um, I, on paper, this sounded like fucking a. This is brilliant. Like recruiting from our time to go to a place where, you know, there's a war going on. That sounds epic. I liked the world. They had certain rules, like who could go in the future. I quite liked that. I thought it was really cool because they obviously had to worry about a paradox effect. And I like shit when it gets to that level. I was like, that's cool. There's a little scene why they have to explain why when Chloe or Brian from Twenty Four asked the question about why they can't go, they did have a genuine. Like I, I quite enjoyed the explanation for why they can't go back even further and just stop the war completely. I, I quite liked that. I was like, that's cool. I enjoyed that. Mm. So they had to worry about the timeline consistency so that they could make the time machine to go back. And then the explanation is that in the future is all to held together by like jelly beans and wire. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That's really cool. I want to see it. Mm, it, it wasn't. Was it, a time, was it a time machine though? Or was it just a portal? Because this is the point that it? hit me very early on. Because I, I, was, I was Chloe O'Brien, 24, I'm like, just go to the day when the aliens have like arrived, or, or well, they can't because no one knows exactly when. But, all right, so go a week before or a month before, whatever, like that. Yeah. So when the bullets started firing, send people then build your armor. But they can't because it's like two ships. Yeah, I, I didn't get that bit. Oh, where I, they're I, like, I they're like, well, it. as time moves in present day, it's time like is moving in the future. Yes. That's a portal then, because if you can jump through time, do, do you want, I'm, we're not going to sit here. Debate this. I'll accept the phrase "time portal." Let's time portal. <laughs> I found this film to repeatedly impress me and then let me down, and then repress me. It was it was literally oh surprise. That was fun. That was stupid. That was fun. That was stupid. That was fun. That was stupid. All the way through the film. Yeah. No. I I think the high points were mm, they were all right. The aliens look sh like shit up. I would like to point out that they do a great job. There's a seal in a um, the stairwell. The stairwell. Yes. yes that I thought was done expertly, just kind of like this. There's smoke, you see it, but do you see it? Yeah, you're looking for ages and you're like, is that it? And then when it because, shows... Because you're just seeing kind of like a snake thing. We're not going to spoilers in this film, obviously, but mm. you see a snake thing and then you actually see the alien later and you're like, that's cool. Mm. That is actually really cool. I'll tell you what, the alien design was brilliant and it's genuinely quite horrifying and a different design-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it, comparing it to movies of, of late, like A Quiet Place and movies like that, You've got to get your monster correct. Yeah. And this, I think they did really well. That that uh, stairwell scene, which then breaks out into the corridor, really, really good. Scary, like pushing its kind of 12 rating in those scenes. I, I thought those bits were brilliant. But then there's just, a, it just followed up with a lot of like stupidity where like the laws of physics and science don't apply. You know, like running away from bomb explosions and just just turning left because yeah. the bomb won't go that way. It got the lesson from Independence Day, though. Fire, it's just it can't turn, mate. It's just like it's predictable. You know this about fire. There was there was a lot to it as well. Where I was watching it, going, do you know what? I was like, I haven't seen Starship Troopers in ages. I probably <laughs> want to watch that movie again. I do like right. So I love the I love. There's a part where they have to leave their training early, and they're like, we're not ready yet. And I was as an always member going, they haven't trained at all. They've just shown up because but that <laughs> I really like that scene. I really like. So they're going but, for a seven day orientation. Yeah, but, I mean, that's so, what... but but then something happens where they're like, you, we haven't got time. You're going now. Yeah, and that was cool because I was like, that's the film I want to see. I want to see the people that are still in like that. One guy's in a chef outfit because he's yeah. come straight from work and he's <laughs> been sent to the future as a chef. I want to see that film. What what I love though is that when they get there, bearing in mind that a lot of these people are chefs, 
remarkably good weapon skills. That's what I mean. So they take this idea. This is what I mean about fun and then stupid. They take this idea of like, you ain't got time for the seven day orientation. There's your gun, point it at the enemy, fire. That's all the training you're getting. And I was like, cool, I can get behind this movie because it's going to be how does Chris Pratt as the person with military background bring these people together. Whoa, 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 and that whoa, whoa, works whoa. for like 10 minutes until then Chris Pratt goes on a different mission and you're like, so what happened to all them other people? And that was the more interesting bit. I would love to be his guidance counsellor, just about, right, so you're joining the Green Berets and now you're going to be a high school teacher and then at the beginning of the film, you're going to apply for a job at a top-notch research facility and not get it. <laughs> just just what's going on? His CV must be a mess. This, this, <laughs> this film does like just absolutely spaff out a load of stuff that you're like, that's going to come up yeah. later. Look at this character who's fascinated in a certain subject. I bet that'll come up later. That irritated, that irritated me. <laughs> Look at it. There's definitely no way that's going to come up later. It's just got loads of stuff. Like the beginning is cringeworthy. Like, but then I sat down and I was like, fuck it. It's Saturday night. I'm going to enjoy this movie. I just want to see like, actually I want to see, you get a healthy amount of Chris Pratt being Chris Pratt. Yeah. And he has a, and, and in scenes, he goes above and beyond what we've seen him do. So, in terms of his performance, really liked it. And I did really just want to watch the movie as a nuts and bolts, like alien sci-fi, time traveling, action adventure sci-fi film. And it does deliver on that level, but you cannot help but be pulled into, well, that's bollocks, isn't it? it? There's like a lot of bollocks. the opening scene, which is like what, Christmas Eve, maybe? It is supposed to be yeah, Christmas Eve. Yeah, can you, remember, the World can, can you remember the World Cup? Yeah, yeah that, that one have been played. Um, what I love about just this. On, just on that bit there with the World Cup, this is the bit where the alarm bells went off. So they're watching the TV of this uh, World Cup final. In the middle of a party as well. In the middle of a party. In which December. Is, which is fine. But then when they're watching it, they're on screen, on their screen in their house, the camera is behind one of the players dribbling up the field. Yeah. Like the cameraman is on the pitch with them. Blow cam, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Sky, Sky Sports has got it all. I was like, the editing in this film is fucking shocking. You know what? As, as introductions to your plot points go, these people appear on like a great cloud in the middle of a field and then essentially they just go, we need your help from the future. As if you wouldn't just think it's like Coke pulling like a massive sponsor. Mm. You'd be like, fuck right off. And Katy Perry comes out singing. Yeah. And then what I love about this is, so everyone's like, oh, this bullshit, sure it's bullshit. And then because they know that the human race won't explain it, you know, it gets explained in the credits. Then the credits start playing and you hear a voiceover going, oh, we proved it. When? Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see that bit where you, you somehow proved it. Um, do you know what? Um, I don't like it. Its messages are not well hidden. Um, they're so in your face, which sometimes is quite nice. But like the tomorrow war and global warming's involved and the future generations have to warn the past. It's like maybe stop fucking up the planet. You know, that sort of thing. It's, it's very on your nose. It's not that well hidden. But then again, um, do you know what? I, I had fun. Now, I would like to say that I didn't think Chris Pratt was the best. I, I usually love Yvonne Strotowski. Uh, she, she was good. Okay, it's good. But JK Swole, mate, mm. mate, shave that fucking head and grow your beard and get tanked because he was looking swole. <laughs> J, J, JK Prison Simmons. <laughs> he, he, he was... Beefy. He was having fun, he? he? was having he, fun. This is, this is the Batman bulk that he got, isn't it, for <laughs> Krishna Gordon? Yeah, just, I need something. Yeah. <laughs> I've done this for nothing. <laughs> he, the I, I, thing I love about J.K. Simmons is he's, he is an actor that will sit there and talk about a movie like Whiplash or Juno or anything like that and talk about like being an actor and the craft of it and, 
And then he will do a movie like this <laughs> and the Andy Samberg one that came out recently. That Yeah, uh, the time one as well. Yeah, Someone asked him, would you rather be stuck in a time loop with Chris Pratt or um, Andy Samberg? And um, it's true. Yeah, the last two times I've seen him actually. Very similar kind of storylines. He, um, but I would like to point out, I really like Sam Richardson. So he plays like the friend that he meets. I thought he was actually pretty good as the other scientist. It's comedy relief. Yeah. And I thought he was played, so he could be quite annoying this setting. Also you've got Chris Pratt who is a very good, he's got great comedic timing. I thought he was very good. Then there's uh, Edwin Hodge, who I thought did actually great job of kind of like the survivor. Yeah. And what I love about it is they build him up. He's, like, he's done three tours. But but what's really funny is a tour is only seven days. And I was like, so he's done three weeks. I was like, it's not that impressive. Calm down. All right. <laughs> um, but do you know what? I was watching. I didn't like it to begin with. And then I thought, you know, what? I like sci-fi. And then I remember thinking a few years ago, well, like decades ago, if the film Total Recall had come out, you'd be thinking, what is this nonsense? And do you know what? Then when I looked at it in that aspect, it's like, they've taken a risk. They've told something different. I then decided to ignore the plot holes of which there are many. <laughs> the Rocky Ryan of which there is a lot. And do you know what? If you can get past that, you'll have fun up until the last third, the last few scenes, which are utter bollocks. Because mm. you've built up like these awesome aliens and it turns out, nah, you're all right. <laughs> the, last act, the last act is shoddy. It's, 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 it's really poor. It's so poor. It's terrible. I thought they had a really good thing going on. Then you have a character that no one believes now, despite the fact there being evidence for their argument. And not going to spoil this, but basically you just everyone's just like, nah, lol. Mm. <laughs> Ignore. We'll we'll deal with it. it there is something that's really good. They got this spot on that in the present time, there's um <laughs> there's protests from the human race and we don't it's not our war. It's in the future. We're not fine. I just remember thinking, yeah, we've got anti-vaxxers and like flat earthers. So that would genuinely happen. <laughs> so well played. It was fun. Yeah. The, the, the thing with the movie is it gives you a set of rules that you have to follow because that's what makes the the, the film make sense. But then it chooses to ignore a lot of rules as <laughs> yep. well. And that is to me what is never going to make this film great or, or something I'd recommend. But you can't take away from it that, do you know what? It's Chris Pratt running around with a machine gun taking on aliens oh, in, it's it, it, there there are some enjoyable there oh, it's the action, largely enjoyable the action scenes are actually brilliant i quite like the action scenes again there's some over the top hollywoodness like outrunning an explosion however the set piece action fights like the nest and then later when they're in their secret base they're actually really cool really like them tense mm. quite well played graphics like you said earlier brilliant well above par I'm actually having fun in the exercises. It's that slowy bit where it's like it's going for the heartstrings. You're just like, I don't care. Blow mm. shit up. What I love about the future, mate. What I love about this. 30 years in the future, they invent time travel. Carnal grade guns, though, because mm. why would you? <laughs> you can't even have better guns than they have now. Why don't you just show and go, could we have some tactical nuclear warheads, please? <laughs> we'll, we'll send them to the future. You'll be grand. None of that horse shit. Yeah, it does. It does. It do, the whole film does seem backwards, doesn't it? And yeah. I, I know the film then does spin on its head halfway through. But it's like, why would you go to the? Why would you? Why would you go to the future to try and change something? You'd go to the past to yeah. try and change you something. Like, instead like, of sending us people, <laughs> maybe have a look. Could, <laughs> could you like build something here? Does, so yeah. in the future, we could just press a button and eradicate everyone. No. Oh, okay. Mm. Send us your people. We're your kids. I just remember I, when when they appear on that sort of, in that field. I was like, if if I'm supposed to give a shit, this film has failed because I don't care. It, it's it. 
does have that feel of hashtag not my problem. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, if someone comes back, it's like, help, we need your help with the future. Fuck off. <laughs> like, it's nothing to do with me. Lol. Like, just imagine if car race had gone on. So because she was like, not my problem, LOL. Yeah, but they, that, that go, terminates the Holy Grail a bit because it makes sense. You go back to kill the person before the born. Yeah. That's the whole thing, isn't it? It's like, would you go, would you go back and kill Hitler before he was born? Yeah. Like, they got it right. This is like, oh, we're already losing. <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> now we're going to cheat. <laughs> Do you know what would have been better? This would have been better if they had to get like the greatest heroes from history. So you had like Genghis Khan. <laughs> so we're, we're in dangerous Bill and Ted territory here. <laughs> Why not? Action it up. Do you, uh, oh. No, do you know what? I fucking, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what this would have been better as. All right. <gasps> they come back for this podcast. They fucking use no. our rules. <laughs> they, they go to the future and they're like, <laughs> right, some of us needs to be Tom Cruise. Backlight. <laughs> Episode 151, check it out. <laughs> no, um, if this was the next installment of the... Uh, what else? Uh, no, the Angel Has Fallen series. Mate, yes. If this was Earth Has Fallen, yeah, and you just rode with it, Joe Butler has to go to the future in the next movie. Just that that would have worked. But you've got Nick Naughty as the J.K. Simmons character already. Yep. So this film would have been wicked as Earth Has Fallen, the fourth in the Has Fallen saga, oh, mate. It would have made way more sense. It would have somehow made more sense. It would have been better. For, <laughs> but you know what? Tomorrow it's fun. It's almost what's fun. It's stupid tired. I like it. It is. It is stupid fun. That's the best way to. I'm I'm not going to rush back to watch it. No. No. If they did a sequel, yeah. If they showed more of them aliens, oh, they were. I would see that against Starship Troopers, like five or whatever we're on with Starship Troopers against these bad boys. I'd see that any day of the week. These monsters were cool. Um, Best aliens in a while. I thought maybe it's just us though, because I had a suspicion we'll be on the same wavelength for this movie. We tend to be on, on film that. I thought it could be that we are just old James and we're not down with it and we're not hip and modern like this film is trying to reach out to. Maybe. So I've done a little test. Oh, okay. These are... Now, we did this before on the podcast. Good. I was like being made a fool of twice. Um, previously, we looked at the definitions of words like bay, Karen, sus, fleek, uh, or fleck, FOMO, extra, basic, and started saying, well, these are what kids say. These are what young people, hip people Good. say. Uh, and we failed miserably at it. I'm so nearing my mid-30s, by the way. I've got 12 new ones. <laughs> oh, no. I want you to tell me what any of these 12 mean. I got three. That's what you're up against. Right, okay. First one, snatched. Snatched? Yeah, snatched. Um, we steal something. Snatched it. No, it's a compliment. Those shoes are so snatched. How is that a compliment? Don't question it, James. Right, okay. do, do you want to question the science of tomorrow, War, or do you want to question this? All right, carry on. <laughs> Finster. Um, I'm, f- I'm finished with you. I'm finished. I'm, f- I'm fin. No, because that no, because it means something opposite. Finster, we're opening it. We're opening it up. Opening a bag. <laughs> it means a second Instagram account. Jesus, where you show where your true self is. There's apparently there's a, a lot of celebrities have second Instagram <gasps> accounts. So they've got one for like the millions, and then they've got one for the only their close millions. circle. Yeah, yeah, because wasn't this Finster? Uh, yeah, Finster. Yeah. Sake. Um, our favorite cannibal. Oh, Arnie Hammer. Army Hammer. Yeah, because yeah, then he get found out. For, they found mate. his, say, his oh, secret no, right, Insta. Insta. Oh, it's Finster. It's Finster, mate. Uh, no cap. Uh, no cap. Low or lowercase. <laughs> uh, it's the equivalent to for real or no lie. Why don't you just say for real? <laughs> or no lie. It's <laughs> fucking hell. Straight fire. Telling it straight. I'm, I'm shooting at you. Quite, quite, you know. 
No old bard, your shit. No, nah, it means on the up and up. Fuck you know, hell. it's replaced. That's hot. Is that the one that you got? Uh, no. Have you got any of these so far? Uh, I got the the next one. Okay. CD nine. CD nine. CD nine. Not a clue. Code nine. Oh. Can't talk now. Parents are looking. <laughs> Diamond hands. When during the pandemic you've washed your skin so much, you've turned <laughs> your organic material into actual diamond. It means hanging on to a situation that Fuck. carries extreme financial risk, i.e., don't sell <laughs> your Bitcoin interest right now. <laughs> that lad's got diamond hands. Fucking <laughs> dodgy Nigerian business practicing. Watch out. He's got diamond hands. Mittens. 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 Oh, come on. It's, oh, it's going to mean something stupid. Like, oh, so mittens, obviously gloves. So what's the opposite of gloves? Socks. So it means hurling your socks at the police after dancing them in petrol. Well, this is after Bernie Sanders went viral for his mittens photo. And oh. it means not great, not bad. So, for example, the Tomorrow War. Mittens. <laughs> That's great. Can we put that on the scale? <laughs> mittens. Chewgy. 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 Isn't that... Like a plant. <laughs> this is this I love. This this shows how old like we potentially are. Is it means anything uncool or untrendy, and then in brackets it had like people who still watch Friends or The Office, <laughs> <laughs> or like if someone got an inspirational tattoo, oh, that that would be uh, that would be chuggy. Tea. I was so fucking chuggy. Tea. Tea. Obviously, it doesn't mean the drink. So. Can you use it in a sentence? No. <laughs> oh. Tea. Everything's so tea. Bland and uninteresting. No, it means gossip. So you can spill the tea, you can get tea, or you can give tea. Yeah, but you, you, that doesn't make sense because you could also do that with chlamydia. You can get chlamydia. You can give chlamydia. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you could, do, you could do that with no end of things. Exactly. But, so why is it tea? No, but tea is like, because over tea you would gossip. Do you know what I love about this? Do you know what I love about this? Is this just proves young people are stupid? Please keep listening. Skirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's when you bang your toe in it. <laughs> so it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be like a tire sound screeching. But I'm just going to say skirt. Um, a tire screeching sound. When you've made a mistake in a conversation, you need to rewind. Put the brakes on. <gasps> Close. It means stop. Go back. What did you just say? There you go. So you could be halfway through, like, talking about something, and I, and I didn't hear but it. Then, or I'm like, skirt. But then that's what you'd say. You're like, skirt. It's just bringing more attention to the fact that you fucked up. You see, that's the difference between our generation. Our generation, when you fuck up, as proven by Boris, is you pretend you didn't do that, <laughs> <laughs> despite, the, despite there being, like, evidence that you definitely did. Just carry on. Kiki. Kiki's. That's something good. That's uh, that's when you're looking on on fleek. That's that's replaced on fleek. You're looking chichi. It was on fleek. Okay, but well, it's uh, let's have a kiki. I.e., let's have a party. Uh, Final one. Clock. Uh, I'll knock you out. I'm gonna clock you in the chips. Striking someone with an insult. You clock them. Oh, so that's changed then. So it's not physical. It's more mental. I'm gonna give you one and a half. Oh, that's 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 somehow better than I expected. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna list that as an achievement, mate. Put it on your CV. I'm going to up there with completed doom, <laughs> eternal. So let's look at another movie that came out in 2020 and is on Netflix, and this is the movie Antebellum. Fucking, you're right. So this movie, I think, was recommended to us uh, online. Someone said to 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 go out and check it out. Um, so it's written and directed by uh, Gerald Bush and Christopher Renz. It's 
produced by the team behind Get Out and Us. Yeah. Now, I knew nothing of this film before going into it. I didn't know the concept. I didn't see the trailer. I just saw the poster and thought, that looks like Science of Lambs. Go watch it. Yeah, like that Science of Lambs and Us. Yeah, when I saw it, I thought it was an us. Yeah. Or they. So I didn't know absolutely anything about it. And if you break this down into three acts, like many films are, not aware of the trailer. Yeah. It's an odd experience to watch this movie going in absolutely cold. It is. Um, the twists make it feel like this kind of time-hopping, supernatural, out-of-body kind of film. But by the end of the third act, similar to Get Out, when it reveals... No, sorry, no, this is where it separates to movies like Get Out, sorry. Is that when it reveals its hand, when it shows you the mystery mm. and you figure it all out. Oh, that was a bit of a letdown. I really... I the Right, so the biggest twist, I quite liked it, but also it's because it didn't come out of the blue, I got it. I was like thinking there was something there. But, but, but the last few scenes are... The, there's stylistic choices of the director I think failed and the point they're trying to make without going into any spoilers whatsoever were terrible. I think they damaged mm. the point they were trying to make as opposed to the point they were trying to make. So although it's, uh, although it's on a, and I'm good, we're going to get into the plot in a moment, but I'll just say it all because before I tell you the plot and, and you need to know, I need to, I just want to kind of say these bits that the, the thing, the thing with the movie is although it is a horrid subject and a horrific subject, it isn't horror. It isn't mystery. It isn't drama. It's kind of one of these movies that just falls between all the genres, it never really fully commits to any one for it to be, yeah. you know, where you'd say, oh, that was a good horror movie, or that was a good thriller, whatever. It kind of dips its toes in so many things that you like it tonally. It's a, it's a, it's a bit of a, a bit of a mess. And then ultimately because of the nature of the twist, the mystery, it's dangerously in the village territory. Yeah. And when you're in that territory, James, that ain't a territory you want to be in. Do you know what? I, th I think, I think what's happened is they've written it on paper and on paper it was brilliant. I think on paper they think, oh, we've got a film here that's thought-provoking, makes people question their values, makes people question the storyline, makes people question time. Even as a, even if this film was shot linear, it would be more interesting than, than or it would be better than trying to do this Pulp Fiction thing of showing you different order of events and then showing you what you were supposed to have seen all along and then you figure it out at the same time that the movie kind of comes to its crescendo, but it just doesn't pull off. So... Having seen the trailer now, I can say this without any spoiler because this is all in the trailer. Um, so Janelle Monet plays Veronica Henley, who's the successful author who is living in a nightmare, trapped in a plantation overrun by the Confederate South. The film bends narratives as scenes of slaves are working in fields, but they're met with aeroplanes flying overhead and soldiers carrying mobile phones. So as a viewer, you question, or you, or you, in, you That's you're in supposed the trailer. To yeah. That's in the trailer? Yeah. I thought that was the whole fucking selling point of the film. No, no, it's in the trailer. In the trailer, oh, there are the plantation scenes and then they look up and there's airplanes flying above them. Well, then that's horse shit then. So as a viewer, it questions, or, or at least prompts you to try and piece this together. How can this be? Like say, is it out of body? Is it a living nightmare? Is it what it is? You know, is it... You know, so is it two separate questions. characters? Maybe one of them's an ancestor, that type of thing, which is what I thought they were going for. Yeah, so this movie, like at the end of Act 1, it, it literally the whole movie flips on his head. And at that point I was like, oh, okay. In my best Sherlock, I was like, a game is a foot to James, mm. this movie. Cause I didn't know fuck all about it. Like, no, no. I, I just thought it was, you, you know, it like, and thing is as well, the first half hour, there's very little context. Like it is, it's, it's just horrific. Br it's brutality. Isn't it's, it? it's a horrific, but 
you know, it's like, it's like, God, look how bad the plantations were. Well, we know how bad they were, you know, and it's like, and look how badly slaves were treated. I, I know, fucking that is terrible. But there's no, it doesn't offer anything. You know, it suggests this idea that one of them might be trying to break out, but another person saying, don't, you'll never go away. They'll catch you. And if they catch you, they'll kill you. So it's got all this, it's got all these like, I don't know, lack of substance. And then it spins on its head after about half an hour, 40 minutes. And I'm like, oh, okay, right. Now we've got something. And then that bit doesn't really then take you anywhere. So when they try and then connect the two together, you're like, I don't really, I don't know. I'll tell you what really, and what I really got from this film is the Southern accent. There's a Southern belle in the modern era who just rings her up and starts talking about a book. Shh, that was, oh, that was creepy. That genuinely terrified the piss. I mean, she, uh, that actress did a fantastic job. She was so demure, but at the same time disengaged. There's a scene where they're talking on Skype and she's in a car. And she's not even looking at the screen. And I just thought that was actually really good. I think the acting in it is brilliant. I think it's the writing that lets it down. Yeah, it's good strong performances. And you think that the two writer, the writer director's previous work was mainly music videos. So it is an ambitious project to sink your teeth into. Um, yeah, I agree. I think the I think the performances were really strong. I think there's an interesting con- concept. Obviously, it has a very strong social narrative. It does feel like something that's contemporary and something that would be out now. And and so without giving too many spoilers, wait, at the end of the film, how did you feel? You know, because films are there to make you feel something. So this I, can, is- I kind of felt like it went back to the most obvious answer. And then I was disappointed. But knowing the ending, doesn't that make what happened more worse? Knowing that that, that was the ending. So um, we're not spoiling anything. You should watch this film. But I felt... I think that's what they were going for. It's like, oh my God, this has happened when you know this. <laughs> so it's worse somehow. Mm. That's the best I can do with that one. I really don't want to say anymore because I've got a habit of slipping in spoilers by accident. So I'm going to shut up now. But I, do you know what? If film is supposed to make you feel an emotion, I thought this did a very good job actually. Do you know what? I came out of it and I don't like the last 20 minutes because that's not what I was going for. There's kind of like a shootout and a and a, a lynching. Um, and I've really, that, was, that was not the storyline that was going for me. I really didn't like it. Mm. The last 20 minutes, if you took out the last 20 minutes, replaced them with something else, I actually quite enjoyed the film. Some of the spoilers that came up, I kind of got. From the science bit, I had a better experience not watching the trailer. Because yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't see that coming at all. It sounds like the trailer did a shit job. This, this is the thing. So I've, I've, I've watched the trailer since and I've done some reading around it and there was a lot of backlash. that The trailer set this up to be a completely different movie. It had a haunting score, there's a scene, this is how wrong the trailer was or that people responded to. There was a scene, there was something that happens in it involving yoga mm. and a skill that the person learns from yoga. In the trailer, they made that yoga pose look like someone was demonically possessed oh. with the score. And it's like, no, it wasn't. The person's just doing yoga. So even the trailer almost set you up to think you were going into a film to then test and to push you know, what you perceive as, as being real and what you perceive as being fake. And so, okay, it was ambitious. And, it, you know, for these two people to come in and write and direct this as a, as a first movie, I take my half. And we always say, it's better to see someone go for it and fail than to just be formulaic. I think for me, the real challenge with this is, is that it it, it's a, it starts as a, as a tale of two halves. And the third one that is to unite the movie and bring it together, the payoff isn't worth the time. I didn't find that, I found that it, brought you back to probably your first guess of what the answer is to this big mystery. And then when that is the case, you're like, oh, that was a bit disappointing. I was actually yeah. kind of hoping for something a bit, you know, a bit better than that. So, um, yeah, not, 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 you know, very much like, it's very mittens. I'm just above mittens. I'm gloves. I'd give it gloves, uh, which I, on the scale is better than mittens. gloves. 
Yeah. That's that's my opinion. Why do you opinion? Everyone's allowed an opinion. Everyone's allowed an opinion. Do you know what? If if film you don't like the opinion, there's always Twitter. If, <laughs> if film's supposed to make you feel something, you know what? I did feel something. You know, after tomorrow's war, I I felt oh that's over. That was two hours and ten minutes. J.K. Swole didn't really have to think about it again. But at least one this one, I came asking myself questions, and it's like, ooh, what does it all mean? Mm. <laughs> you know, when you come out of a film asking yourself that, you're either a prick or you've really You've experienced something. Yeah, I, d- I did enjoy the play along aspect of it. Yeah. The try and figure this out. We'll give you some breadcrumbs. You follow him. See what you come up with. We'll meet at the end. And tell you how tell wrong you were. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, no, how right I was. Yeah. But then how disappointed that I was right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's divisive. I imagine it's a lot of people. And do you know what? The subject matter, do you know what? It doesn't hide anything. And here's, that's always, that here's always. what's going to, here's, here's the best way I can describe this movie. In 10 years, someone's going to go, have you seen Anthony Bellum? And I won't go, oh, yeah, but yeah, it's the movie with that scene where I probably won't be able to quote anything that happened in it, but I will say something like, yeah, that's the weird one, isn't it? Yeah. That's the one where it feels like it's two movies and, yeah, that it's that kind of movie. Yeah. But it's better than The Village. Yeah. That's a, I fucking want to like that movie. What, The Village? Yeah, I just want to be that guy who likes it. But you're not. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I don't think anyone is. I know. Oh, bless your little face. Should we go for the main topic or do you want to do one more film? Can I, do you know what? Because I've mentioned it a few times. So I just got quickly. I'll do, I'll do it quickly. Under Suspicion is a film that I keep bringing up as like, oh, it's on Amazon. It's on Amazon Prime. You should watch it. 2000, directed by Stephen Hopkins, starring Gene Hackman, Morgan Freeman, Thomas Jane, and Monica Bellucci. You in? I mean, that's a great cast list. It's a good cast, yeah. I'm not, um, yeah. Tax attorney Hackman, I'll just call him by the names, is called in by Captain Freeman to answer some further questions about a body he found the day before. The body was of a young girl who had been raped and murdered and is the second recent body discovered. Ooh, mystery. Questioned by Freeman and Detective Thomas, Hackman's story changes little by little each time, casting Hackman in a worse light. Questions arise about his marriage to Monica. They sleep in separate uh, separate bedrooms. Hackman has a fondness for pornography. Um, what we've got is it. So when Gene Hackman's answered the question, he tells the story, and then we transport it to we transport it to his memory, and he's acting it out as Morgan and Freeman and Thomas Jane are there as observers. So he's acting out, and they'll ask him questions. He's like petting a dog. He's like, oh, he's a pet Reggie the dog. Then he moves on, following him. You what you've got is you've got a focus storyline. It's singular. Um, the film is set mostly in a single room and relies on acting abilities and the writing. So it doesn't really go anywhere. There are set pieces or other locations. However, the main story is three people in a room mm. and it's really tall. So the next uh, the next positive, it's tense consistently. Like consistent. There's no moment where there's a break of tension. There's no, Thomas Jane doesn't throw a pie in someone's face. Morgan Freeman and Gene Hackman are acting the piss out of the room. You know, it's, it's crumbling under the weight of greatness. And Tom Jane is there to keep up. And Monica Bellucci, she's owning it because she's fucking awesome. Except for in, you know, the Matrix films. But you can't win them all. Some poor shooting choices, like incoherent camera work and needless slow motion in a scene where he's like walking into a room, needless slow motion. It's like... It's like Zack Snyder quickly got his hands. It's just like, I want to Zack Snyder it a bit. And Hackman has some speeches that are so well delivered, it's eerie when you consider the topic he's actually talking about. So when he's talking, he says, oh, that makes sense. But on the reliance of what he's talking about is fucking haunting. And a fantastic ending that lives up to the build, well worth the wait. You are second-guessing yourself throughout the entire film. It is a question of who is suspicious. Has he retold the story to cover his lie? Has he told a lie on purpose? Is he just mistaken? Is it the truth? You've got these four, and and the film does a great job. A lot of people don't like the film because they think it's too dark, it's mm. too gritty. 
it's a tour de force and a war is a great a great drama with great acting great writing stands up rewatched it again this week because I love it and when we talk about undercut underrated gems and you know when there's a film that you really love and no one's seen it I imagine if you ever talk to someone like I've never seen Eternal Spot you just want to punch him or like just, that was Eternal Sunshine Spotless Man right yeah you just want to buy him the DVD and just like just watch it mm. well this is one of these films mate. it's on Amazon that, uh, it's on Amazon if you've got Amazon watch it Under Suspicion Morgan Freeman Gene Ackman 2000, in his, he's in his prime. Love the sound of it. He's a cracker. So please, uh, please watch it. Get in touch. What we'll do is we'll post up some social media and ask, I'm going to try something different with social media for once. I've got some ideas about asking people's opinion on the film so we can read them out next week. We could try that. So we'll try that. So Under Suspicion is the film I'm going to try this week. Watch it. Watch it. That's the recommendation it's of the, the week. the recommendation, this horrible crime film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, you know, the, the, con- the context of crime in crime movies, you can't judge a film by that. Yeah. But um, I think you'll love it. Yeah, oh no, that, that sounds like my bag. Yeah. It's like a PG-7. <laughs> <laughs> when did you first watch it? A few years ago. Oh, so it wasn't in your childhood? No, it was a... Uh... I did buy a VHS though. Ooh, and VHSs were a thing when I was a child. There you go, there's your link. <laughs> there's the link, there's the segue into movies from our childhood. So what we're going to do is we're going to first start off by reading out what people have written in. Ooh. So let's just, to whet one's appetite, let's look at what some uh, listeners, some people that follow us on social media have said. Um, I'm just going to rush through these because some of these may be what we actually are going to then talk about Um you know, so we'll go into them in a bit more context. But there is a plethora of great movies here that I that, that are great choices. Also, dangerous question putting this online because if someone says, "Oh yeah, the film I remember most from my childhood was like it was a black and white movie," <laughs> like oh, shit, how old are you, dude? Sorry, you know, like you know. And it, also, it's disgusting when someone says film from a childhood. Iron Man One, fuck off. Yeah, I hate you, young people. Yeah, um, how dare you? So <laughs> go find some sort of future war. <laughs> Uh, kids what are we watching podcast thank you for writing in uh, great podcast as well I do recommend that show Aristocrats uh, the animation Empire Strikes Back and the animated Lord of the Rings film. mate that doesn't get enough love does it do you mm. remember, do you remember what, do you Anthony did? Daniels was one of the voices in that was he yeah there's, there's your link that's really cool do you remember when we were doing Star Trek episode and I showed you Leonard Noemi singing a song about the Shire and that was in a quiz this week as well. Is was what? It? Yeah, I did a quiz at the Nosey Parker at the pub, and uh, both of those came up was that who, what Star Wars character uh, did a voice in the animated Lord of the Rings? Which case the answer was Anthony Daniels. And then um, yeah, the next question was um, what character? Song? Yeah, what character had a famous? Uh, what who sang the Bilbo Baggins song? Which was like Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> yeah, he was. Um, <laughs> Aristocats as well. Like that. That is an animation. That's one of the movies that like. I loved Disney films growing up. I had a brother, brother, two sisters growing up. So we watched a lot of Disney in our house. That was one that I thought that came out like when I was a kid. I didn't realize how old that movie was. Oh, it's is. a really old film. Um, let's put this up. So Amanda, who does all our amazing artwork, thank yeah, you so much. Thank um, you. Blind Fury, Drop Dead Fred, which is Yeah, that's brilliant. definitely coming up. And Fern Gully. Do you know what? Does Tom, not Tom, Tim Curry play Smoke? <laughs> I'm sure he plays Pollution. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> Uh, Drop Dead Fred's a winner. Though. It's on my list. It's on my list. Don't you worry. Uh, Hannah, Han Solo, um, Indian in the Cupboard. On my list. We've, we've talked about that movie a Recently, few times. Yeah. Like, I, I, that was one of the movies which like I'd forgotten all about until you mentioned it. And then it's in And you. then it came flooding back. Yep. 
the idea that you put stuff, put toys in a cupboard and they come to life. Do you know what, mate? If you actually go into Storyline, that's fucking dark. It's because he puts in like an old man. The old man <laughs> looks at the looks at the giant and as a heart attack and dies, put a cowboy in it, makes them watch a cowboy in Indians film. Towards the end, before he sends his spirit back, it's going to get him a wife. He's just going to like mm. kidnap the soul. He's like, this kid's fucking dark. <laughs> <laughs> put dead rats in there. Fucking like a necromancer. It's not right, is it? It's still the scene though. It's like uh, Darth Vader versus the uh, T-Rex. It's mm. like, it's worth it for the 10 seconds. To watch this film, it's like an hour and a half for the 10 seconds of the film you wanted as a child. A <laughs> uh, recasted podcast said, never ending story, Clash of the Titans. Yeah. Oh, old school class of Titans as well. Yeah. Nice. Now some of them are going to cop pop up. Some of the more, some of the early stop motions, you know, the Simbads, the Jason and the Argonauts, those movies are coming up. Um switch the envelope, put Dark Crystal and oh. the Caravan of Courage. Oh, you're on your own on those two. That's nice. Well, Dark Crystal, Caravan of Courage is the Ewok uh, I, Star Wars. Yeah, that I was no, never for me. What about a Pixel Theater podcast that said Ben and Me? No. That was never part of my childhood. I, no, really. I can't remember that growing up. No. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, core Extra Podcast, To Serve With Love. That's the Sydney Poyer film. I believe I've seen it. I, that doesn't make sense. Mary Palmer. Now, this is a list. If if Santa with Muscles isn't on it, I quit. <laughs> Batman Forever. <laughs> Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Now, that was a big one growing up that for me. That was a big one. Yep. Uh, Beauty and the Beast. Nice. Aladdin, Lion King, yeah. yeah. Parent Trap. Now, I think she put the remake in this, which means it must have been the Lindsay Lohan version. Lindsay Lohan one. Yeah, because that was, I think she might be the same age as me. That's that's my type. Of, uh, Parent Trap was a film I was considering writing down. Uh, Star Wars prequels. Prequels? Yeah, so I imagine Clone Wars. Uh, yeah, Clone Wars and... The bad ones. <laughs> it was a dark ah, time for I found the a menace in that bad. Right, every week. Every week you say that. You said that last week as well. Get oh, on the pod it. race. Heritage Film Club said DuckTales Yes Treasures of the Lost Art Yes Short Circuit 2 A film that we always need to remember is better than the original That is a sequel that surpasses the original Uh, T2 and Commando That's a childhood Now there is a childhood There is Everyone needs to gauge when did Schwarzenegger creep into your childhood This is going to be one of my talking points as well Terminator 2 Yeah Terminator 2 (laughs) Um, Emma the Movies uh, Sword in the Stone Ooh I I love that film Son of Godzilla. Nice. Mannequin. Shut up, James. We got told off last time you <laughs> did, did, did. Mannequin. And Carry On Cabby. Ooh. Now, I assume that's one of the Carry On movies. I assume so. I've never on. watched any of the Carry On movies. What? Carry On Doctor, well, Carry the, On Camping, yeah, Carry On Up The Kyber. They were carry On great. Cleopatra. You can, I know no, what I just, they are. I but... just did my first, my top three, but you're oh. you right. I can't down Billy Biggin. <laughs> Billy Big Bollocks, calm down. Back in your cage. Um, no, no, no oh, I love a bit of Carry On. They, do they age well? No, God Christ, no. God, no. <laughs> um, Gay Stoner Film Festival. Yeah. Brewster's Millions. Mate. That was a good movie. That was a good film. The problem is, when you, the childhood's weird to define, because I picked films that I specifically remember watching as a child, but but I definitely saw a film, but not, maybe I probably was a child, should probably be on my list. Die Hard. What a childhood. <laughs> and then, and, and I hope it was a double bill with Madonna's Live in Australia. <laughs> Can't win them all. We were talking about that. <laughs> Everyone's got a death now. <laughs> yeah. I did watch the Queen uh, film, like the musicography of all the music videos. My mum used to play that all the time. So I knew all the Queen songs growing up. Um, Danny Dirty Golding, who is mm. renamed Showgirls. Sabi, he's got a point. <laughs> the Running Man, Total Recall, Bird on a Wire, Terminator. Now that is an upbringing. That's an upbringing. That is an upbringing. And Tom Green, uh, Zulu. 
And I think he, I think he thought. <laughs> sorry. I think he thought as well. I, like, I think he put like from the age of five or something. <laughs> uh, Evil Dead, <laughs> Night of the Living Dead, and Creep Show. Oh, which one of them films stands out? <laughs> Fucking two. Like, <laughs> Evil Dead's wicked though. I remember that growing They're up. They're all great films, cool, Tom. Brilliant. So, I uh, do you know what? I've really fucked this list up. No, I, no, I haven't. No. I haven't really got a list. I've just got like loads of talking points. Yeah. Like, so for me, growing up, action, mystery, adventure. They were the films. They were the films I wanted to watch. New worlds. I would see kids my age getting into adventures and getting back for tea. Yeah. You know, going on a world that adults wouldn't believe if you tried explaining it to them and wouldn't understand even if you did. You know, it's that kind of, that's what I wanted to see. And so a lot of the films I would gravitate towards, movies like Sandlot Kids, you know, growing up, um, Dunstan Checks In, which I talk about all the time, E.T., Flight of the Navigator, endless, you know, Beethoven, endless amount of films like that. It's all, you know, had that different pull in was that mm. there was, there were people my age getting into adventures, Goonies, that kind of stuff. Yeah. What about you? Sorry, excuse me. Right. This is the last time you have Coke before a podcast, you burpy maniac. Um, Babe. Mate, I remember Babe. I remember when I was looking back at it this week, George Miller from Mad Max produced this film. <laughs> It's fucking weird, isn't it? <laughs> I, remember, I remember James Cromwell. I remember me like a granddad hugging me through the screen. It's delightful. And you know what? It still holds up. It's, mm. it's, it's a warm hug. Beethoven. I remember, you know, you know, as a kid, Sarah Rose Carr might be the greatest childhood actor ever. You know, she's innocent and good. You know, I, I, I gravitate towards these characters. Dindian in the cupboard, mate. Because <laughs> what a storyline. Never saw it come in. But I'm a lot like you. I want to see, so, I, as a kid, I want to see something different. Gravitate between this and Indiana Jones. I don't think I had anything. I would watch anything. Mm. You know, you don't want to watch a romance. You don't want... But I remember animation being a big step, uh, divisive point for me as a child because Aladdin, loved it. Beauty and the Beast, loved it. Fantasia, hated it. I don't know why everyone loved it so much. I still don't to this day. I absolutely detest Fantasia. I know it's yeah, because it's... It's an, it's an opera. It's an op Yes, but I, I was a kid. I yeah. couldn't give a toss. I don't think it was made for you though. I think, yeah, but, I think But then they shouldn't have stuck it with like a load of like childhood freaking drawings in it. Anyway, Dennis the Menace. Mm. I wanted some acting out, something different. I remember, I'll never forget Dennis the Menace because it's got Christopher Lloyd during his I Will Play Anything period. It's like, there'll be a Klingon. I'm going to be Stabby Stan. <laughs> He's going to kill a kid in this. Uncle Fester. Yeah, exactly. He would, he would literally- Doc Brown. Just, just, what do you want to do today? I'll do anything. What's Sean being up to? I'll do the opposite of him. Uh, Walter Matthau in like a great performance, but a film that really didn't deserve it. And I've got a memory of Dennis the Menace in 93. It was my parents had to explain to me it wasn't Dennis the Menace from the Beano. Yeah. <laughs> so I shouldn't be upset if he wasn't wearing a black and red stripy jumper. Space Jam. Mm. That Space Jam, I checked it today. Ladies and gentlemen, you'll be happy to know the Space Jam website is still, still running. It's still running. <laughs> and do you know what? Hashtags live forever. Um, I remember if we carry on the My Ducks trilogy, mate. The My Ducks, the best sports coach in Coach Bombay. Never seen the third one. You don't need to see the second one. The third one's bollocks. <laughs> Guna, you lost it for me. This is when the kid misses the penalty in the penalty shootout. You, you lost it for yourself. Let's go shake their hands. <laughs> Mate, as a child, I'm learning stuff. I'm growing as well. I'm standing up to your bullies, even if they're your coach. Casper. Oh, yeah. Casper's a film that I loved villains because uh, Eric Idle and Kathy Moriarty, they were so good. They were like so over the top in a film that was brilliant. And then, uh, and then this is going to come up a lot. I realised when I was a child, I had a massive crush on Christina Ritchie, and I still do. <laughs> because... Adam's family? 
Adam's family, the Adam's family values. She's coming back. She's doing the voice of Morticia in the animated series. That's I love that. Like the but then I also want to throw in now and then. Did you ever see that? Like coming of age, like four like girls who are friends and they grow up. And what really now looking back on it is Christina Ritchie turns into Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> slide is a bit of a, <laughs> bit of a. You have to really think of that. Little Giants, Free Willy, Never Ending Story, George of the Jungle. I remember George of the Jungle because the first ever fourth wall break that I ever remember is like the he turns to the characters and he goes, "Now we throw our headbacks and laugh." Ready? Ha 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 ha! I remember I, that always stuck with me. Drop Dead Fred mm. is one of my favourite memories of growing up. It mm. Does it age well? It's one of those films that I don't know about how you feel. I'm nervous to watch some of these films again. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I saw Drop Dead Fred actually. <laughs> Years ago. It's years ago. But but then also the image of it is actually really cool. Mm. Like the idea that you're, your imagination friend, but that's not actually about her imagination friend. That's about her overbearing mother, like medicating her and her like acting out against the overbearingness. My girl cried yeah. my pissing eyes out. I don't surprise my girl wasn't on there. Homeward Bound. Oh, pets getting lost and got to make their own way home. So Homeward Bound was one of those that I saw at the cinema, but obviously it, it couldn't have been Homeward Bound 1. Because it's my earliest memory is Aladdin yeah. at the cinema. And then I remember Jurassic Park. And I, and I remember being very young and watching Homeward Bound. Or was it all Dogs Go to Heaven, the animated one? Oh, fucking hell. Was, I remember it being an animal-based tragedy. I think it was I think it was a Homeward Bound version. Well, do you know what I love about Homeward Bound? Obviously, the first one made a lot of money. So it's a sequel with the exact same story. <laughs> yeah. How many times can you leave your pets? <laughs> How long before it's your problem? Massive one here. Matilda. Yeah. Changed my mind. Maybe Mara Wilson is the best child actor of all time. Stepped out of the game, mate. Yeah. And Danny DeVito is near perfect in this film. Scratch that. Pam Ferris is perfect as the Trunchbull. Mm. As a kid, mate, no one wanted to mess with the Trunchbull. Seeing that come to life, there's only one other character from my childhood fiction that came to life better and I'll get to it. But with Matilda, I still do the Danny DeVito thing where he's like, add 50p at the end because it always sounds cheaper. Yeah. Really? So he's like, yeah, he's like, if you had like so-and-so 99, you know, like, you know, 999 pound 99, if it's 999 pound 50, that sounds cheaper. Oh, mate. And it is the car salesman, doesn't he? Yeah. I love Matilda growing up, actually. I've yeah. always wanted to see it on the West End, the um, Tim Minchin... Oh, Tim Minchin's great. the music for it, yeah. Hook, Big, obviously, the ones I remember. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Right, no, I only have watched this kid. I've never rewatched Wizard of Oz or The Sound of Music because don't give a toss. Wizard but, of Oz is all right. I am surprised that The Wizard of Oz hasn't been remade. And now I know it has been remade, but you know, like, big budget remade. Now, these two, mate, now these two are, like, spot out of my childhood. Little Big League, when a 14-year-old inherits a baseball team, and maybe they could go all the way and the star pitcher starts dating his mum and he's like I remember this as a kid I remember we watched this I remember this he's like if you strike him out I'll let you go on a date with her you don't strike him out and everyone's sad because they don't win the final but do you know what he goes on a date with the mum and rookie of the year we starred Gary Busey please tell me you remember this one a kid has an accident falls on his arm and somehow develops the ability to throw a very powerful pitch and becomes like <laughs> starting pitcher and Gary Busey is the like the old age <laughs> And has to like teach him. <laughs> I, this is this is one of these films that I don't think Gary actually remembers making. He's just like got this vague memory of throwing, like teaching a kid to throw. That genuinely happens. Rookie of the year, um, and then the number one childhood film. You know, we were talking about childhood films. Uh, I imagine you're going to be exactly the same for me. So, Mr. Trunchbull is the second best fictional character come to life from my childhood. Number one was when a certain Gene Wilder brought oh, Willy Wonka to yeah. life. And it is my favourite childhood memory. I used to go to Ireland to visit my 
uncle, my grandparents, and my two cousins. And we watched Willy. Uh, no, this one's Willy Wonka and Charlie Factory, isn't it? And it yeah. is phenomenal. It is one of the greatest experiences. And do you know what? They try to remake it. Nostalgia bricks, mate. Nostalgia bricks saves that film. And it's great. It's a great journey through one of my favourite books. And it's possibly the greatest childhood film of all time. I'm I think it's out there. turned 50 this week, hasn't it? Oh, my God. I thought it was older than that. Yeah, but that's about right, yeah. 70s, we're in 2020 now, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it has. I think it's ten fifty. I think this because some of the cast are reliving the tales of the horror of the chocolate fountain scene and yeah. the tunnel scene. Wait, you've got you've got to love that tunnel scene. But I remember everything. I remember Veruca Salt. She needed to die, mate. Mm. She needed to be. She was a bad egg. <laughs> she Mike, needed to go down. Mike there. TV, the whole lot. Mike TV. I love that original. Mister Slugworth. Mm. Like, oh, mate, everything about that film is brilliant. You get nothing. Good day, sir. Why is everything half in his office at the end? Don't question it. Don't question it. But Don't no, it. we're talking about childhood and I'm talking about that. That to me is perfect. It's a fantasy element. It's based on a book that you as children, we all loved. It's, it's uh, Voltaire. Who doesn't love this? It's an imagination. And it was actually expertly done. Now, I think that's what maybe what's missing in the world now is a bit of, bit of magic. I mean, I just talked about Rookie of the Year. It feels like actors now don't want to take a chance in like a low wood, uh, in like a child film. I, you wouldn't see, I don't know, Tom Cruise showing a kid how to throw a pitch in Rookie of the Year. This is this is devastating, mate. When was the last time we saw like a little giants? Is it because I'm too old now? It, it, that's, it, that happens all the time. My Ducks, mate. My Ducks is one of the near perfect trilogies of all time. I know they've just brought it back for a TV series, but but mate, the childhood, our childhood, the 90s childhood, we had so many great films. I didn't even talk about animation. The golden era, if you will, of Disney. We grew up on the best films. And we had fun. And it makes me worry that imagination has gone from the world now. We're all too cynical. I think you've hit the nail on the head, though. We're not looking for the films. There probably is a plethora of amazing films. And there are. You know, you think of films like Moana and Coco and all these great movies that are coming out now shaping people's childhoods that we still watch and we still take as, oh, no, these are our generation, but then they're very clearly not. They're our generation, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Our generation taught us anything. There's fuck everyone else. They're smarter. They're better. They are, you know, so much more advanced than the stuff we got. But, you know, I'm... I look. I do look back fondly on some of the films that we talked about. You talk about Charlie and Chocolate Factory. You know, I had that on a double video with The Witches straight afterwards. Ah, The Witches. I rewatched that not that long ago. It done age that well. Yeah, but I, it, it, it was fine at the time. It was, it it was, was terrifying. Fun. It was terrifying. Yeah, I loved that film growing up. Do you know what I remember it as well when you were a kid? Why do they overdub films? Like The Little Vampire. Mm. Despite the fact it was an English film, it was dubbed. I never understood that. Same with... Um, the French film with Francis McDermott, not Matilda, it's Madeline. Mm. That was dubbed as well. Why was it dubbed? It would take mm. me anyway, move on. So, yeah, I... I Sorry. No, it's all right. Just, I, I love them films like, a big one in our house going up was Lion, Witch and the Wardrobe. In fact, mm. actually, there's a whole plethora, again, of movies about kids going to stay with their grandparents and some magical shit happens. Yeah. Something secret in the garden or, you know, a, um, four children in it or a wardrobe that transports you to another world. All these kind of films that... We're quaint British, you know, is either kids being evacuated from the war and then something happens or going to see a strange... Fr- that, that was a thing as well with kids' films growing up. Yeah. Oh, these are your grandparents that you've never met and we haven't seen for years. You're going to go stay with them for a week. Yeah, this whole, like, yeah, just have them. Just, just- and, then, and the grandparents don't know how to deal with them. And then hence why they find, like, the scary thing in the attic or something like that, transporting them to a magical world. Yeah. But then when they come out of the magical world, the granddad or the grandma gives them that wink as if That's to like say, new. Yeah. I was there once. You yeah, know, that yeah. kind of thing. I, I love those those kind of movies. I also really like, I didn't realise how much I liked sci-fi growing up as well. Ooh. You talk about films like Flight of the Navigator, you know, those kind of big, you know, E.T. Um, as a kid, I always wanted to fly that. 
the, the, the Super Navigator that was an awesome ship mm. that was more like the eye wall wasn't it that I was looking at yeah yeah it was that the, was cool Sarah Jessica Parker was in that film oh was she mm. oh, you can't win them all but um, yeah, I really liked that movie. I liked films with like cute psychics that were there to make and sell toys. You know, you, we talked about like short circuits, but you know, what what the hell was that movie about? The little spaceships in the tower block that was about to be torn down. I don't remember that What one. was that one called? Oh, that's sad. Yeah, they're, they're these little, they're these three cute alien flying saucer things and they're stuck. Battery's not included. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So that that movie, you know, it's those kind of films that obviously badges aren't good. Confused with Short Circuit. Mm, no, Short Circuit was you know the robot and the really bad stereotyping characters, right? Well, yeah, it was, yeah. It was, it was the eighties into the nineties. <laughs> but then, um, what the other films? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That was huge. Mate, how did I not mention that? That was huge growing up. That was, despite the fact that the, even as a kid you knew they were crap. The yeah, first it, one was really cool. Yeah, even as a kid you're like, they're they're, they're not real tales. When they, um, I love it when they quite clearly ran out of ideas. I was just to send them back to feudal Japan. <laughs> I saw just, that in the cinema. Why? Just I saw that why? in the cinema in Nottingham Jeez. after be after going ice skating. I just I have this really weird memory of going to Nottingham with my my parents, and then we watched that afterwards. Do you know what was really? I don't know if this was about your childhood as well. My memories of being a child going to cinema was being sneaked in by an adult to watch a film I definitely was too young to see, i.e. when my granddad sent me in in Ireland again to watch Dread, the uh, Sylvester Stone one. He was just like, yeah, he's 18. <laughs> it's just like, it was a different time then. But I, I do think you, accompanied by an adult, I do think you can watch, because it's only, it's there is a loophole with this. I never really know what it is. Not a loophole, but like the law actually states that it's only recommended that you shouldn't. My uh, my granddad just he was just like he just would have walked in. He just got it's, yeah, it's fun. It's eighteen or accompanied by an adult. Like so, I'm not saying you could take like a ten year old in, but like <laughs> a fifteen year old accompanied by a parent. I think you can go watch an eighteen. Because mm. I remember watching Passion of the Christ, and I think I was like sixteen at the time. But I went with my dad. Jesus. Yeah, you could come out of the cinema. Fucking <laughs> come out of the cinema after it, and in the, you know, it was like a Ram cinema. And he and he just said he goes he goes. Because um, good film, predictable ending. It's <laughs> 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 just all these like diehard, like Christians, just like what a knob. <laughs> you weren't wrong though. No, I won't. Sorry, go on. Um, big, May. Do you know what Big is? Just a film. I never wanted to be. He, I. Oh, so Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks. As, as the child actor becomes Tom Hanks after making a wish. But do you know what? He doesn't make it look like fun. It looks like fucking hard work. You get a job. <laughs> to get a job and all this. And then I like that, you know, he starts off being a child. You know, he's got the bunk beds. Do you want to have a sleepover? She thinks they're having sex. He's mm. like, I've got the top bunk. Oh, that's good. However, 20 minutes later, he's like actually got the job and he's working hard. He's got the reports. I mean, I'm just thinking, I remember thinking, I don't want to be an adult. <laughs> just, <laughs> I want to piss about with Robert Luger on the on the keyboard. Well, it's the, it's, it's the tell. Be careful what you wish for, isn't it? It's yeah. the whole point of that. Um, just wanted to be tall, though. If he worded it differently, different film. It's like, I want to be big. You idiot. If you just said, I would like to be three foot taller, <laughs> you'd be fine. Um, Robin Williams and Jim Carrey were like staple in our house. They were like, you know, Robin Williams in particular. The flubber type thing. F- flubber, Miss Doubtfire, you know. Um, he was a lot of people's child. Jumanji, Hook, we talked about. Yeah. In all those films, like, he was always brilliant. Mm. I think he was... Toys. He was the entertainer. He was He was the one that... Like, I think as a parent, as a parent, you've got a kid screaming, mm. and you just be like, okay, 
what film have I got? Oh, Robin Williams, that'll be fine. <laughs> just no matter what the film, it's like, Robin Williams will look after your kid. He was like the unofficial babysitter <laughs> of an entire generation. He's, he's everyone's dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I liked all these these kind of films. Christmas was big as well. Like, Chris, there were Chris, Christmas movies were the first movies that I would repeatedly watch every year. Home Alone. Yeah, Home Alone one. were the, yeah, the big ones. But, but films that we've talked about previously that were not synonymous with Christmas, like the Indiana Jones movies. Yeah. But they'll be played on BBC One you know, on the build-up towards Christmas. And I love that about British television. I'm not sure what it's like in, you know, other places of the world. But I like that, you know, like you get like Harry Potter, like every Saturday to count down towards not. Christmas. Yeah. I, that's really cool. I really like that. And and for Indiana Jones, those kind of movies that aren't necessarily Christmas, but I would watch them at that time I'm of year. Christmas, yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden, like they were the first movies that I remember watching over and over again and really becoming like fanatical about. All the others were kind of, I mean, yeah, Dustin checks in. I saw Dunstan, sorry, checks in. I saw that a million times growing up. Sandlot Kids was I saw that a lot growing up as well. I know, do you know what I was looking back to? It, I don't think I've ever seen that. It's a good movie. I do remember. Is it baseball? Yeah. Something about right. So I don't know about you. When I was looking at my list as well, but my childhood films are baseball related. A sport that's obviously not that common in Britain. Mm. Don't know why. Just think, obviously, because they were marketed to American kids and they had big budgets. They were marketed over here. But when I was looking back at my filmography of childhood, a lot of baseball in there. Mm. Well, it's only because over here, I mean, you wouldn't get a rugby movie over here. Up and Under, mate. It was an amazing rugby film, which you can't find anywhere very tried. But you, I mean, and then football or soccer films peaked really when Saturday Comes they did, obviously they. came out and then Bend It Like Beckham and Mean Machine. I mean, was there any other point to make a football film after those? I mean, the only downside is when Sunday Comes is the sequel and we all deserved it. <laughs> we needed <laughs> Which I reckon he should do now. As the manager? No. Or player manager, so he takes England to the World Cup. Sean Bean must be like 80 by now. And then against Germany in the final. And then what happens is COVID wiped out a lot of the team. It's like they've all got self isolated and there's only one choice, mate. He's got to put himself in. They all get track and trace half time. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, and then everyone's off, mate. So he's got to be the keeper. He's got to be the keeper and it's just him. He calls on Sylvester Stone. That's right. I've got an escape yes, for victory. The crossover we all wanted gets Pele on and just finds he might be dead. Michael, Michael Kane, mate. Book it when Sunday comes, the World Cup edition. I love, I loved uh, Escape to Victory. Oh, wow. So did I. Like the tunneling out at halftime, but then like, no, like, no we've got to finish the game. We've got to beat him. Fuck off. <laughs> get, get yourself out of there. I was gonna say, yeah, one of them spelling. He's just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What age were you when you were exposed to the? Carry on. Eight. I just laughing. I was thinking something. Yeah, because you. Eighteens and fifteens, uh, because like we. Here's what I was thinking, like, nowadays, surely younger people are, it's more accessible for them to get their hands on, like, an 80, with things like streaming sites, yeah. films on phones, that kind of thing. But I think that, you know, certainly us growing up, there was a stage where you knew you were watching a film, and it was almost a bit like, I'm going to get grounded for this. I was in primary school, and I went around to my friend's house for a sleepover on a Friday night, and he pulled out, he said he got this from his brother, and he pulled out, I'm not joking, the first Terminator film. Because oh, the running joke we had at the end, when I didn't really understand the film, was like, oh, if he crushes dead, his bogey's come out after you, and that sort of thing. Well, you must have been young. Yeah, but... Or was this last year? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Adam Young, that's who's house I went to. Anyway, it was, um, but then I noticed there was a spiral. So then in secondary school, we went to sleep over on a Friday night, uh, went around to Joe's house, and Joe's neighbour was a, uh, he worked like, he was, was a filmographer for horror films. I think he worked like in, some say, Hellraiser 3, you know, Carrie, Every Friday, we have become best friends with Joe, and we stayed over each other's house. Each week, we'd watch a different horror film. So I think it was kind of that, mm. which was like the version of streaming sites back then. It was like, can you borrow one? 
like my parents were never really that strict with 15s. What would happen is my dad would watch him and he would tell me if I'm suit if it's suitable. And the only film he's ever not let me watch was Eight Millimeter when it first came out because it, mm. it was about snuff films about like hardcore pornography. And I think he's ever seen where someone's selling child pornography. It's been ages since, and I just think that he was like, eh, maybe maybe not now. It's like you can. Cause I must have been like 13 or 14 at the time. I can't remember. I'm terrible with ages. Anyway, so it was sleepovers. It was like my young teens, very young teens, like 11s. Mm. I was in secondary, uh, primary school. So what about you? Your grand, wasn't it? My nan was a fucker <laughs> for it. like, fucking come yeah. round. Watch this. Literally. Like, it's eight millimeter. <laughs> second me, second my, uh, my mum and dad dropped me off. Like the door would close and she'd be like, I've got this movie. <laughs> It's yeah. got a chainsaw in it. Let's oh. go. But yeah, my nan like had, you know, like she had the family photos and, um, you know, the ornaments and stuff. And then the uh, Freddy Krueger video collection, <laughs> like, <laughs> is, like pride and place. She was just, like big into horror. My granddad had like all the carry on films. <laughs> she, my nan uh, sat down to watch, let us watch Alien. I know way too young to watch that film. Um, smoking a Super King Blacks as we were watching it. Yeah. I'm pretty certain my bad long is from that. <laughs> but yeah, films, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, she was big on. So she, like, running man, way, too, way too young. My mum sat me down to watch um, Terminator 2. I remember that. A bowl of ice cream with sprinkles on it on, like, a Sunday. And my mum was like, yeah, watch this film, you're going to really like it. And I was, I was like, fucking, like, nine. <laughs> fucking, <laughs> shit. fucking love sprinkles. <laughs> Keep the ice cream coming. Like, yeah, I, there were those movies. And then, so, but Schwarzenegger is that guy, isn't it? That you because he was larger than life, he was huge. He was, you know, a spectacle yeah. in himself. Then, then all of a sudden, it became like, yeah, but it's all right because Arnie's in it. Yeah, you, it seemed to have this free pass. Arnie was if, if Robin Williams was your dad, Arnie was your stepdad. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was cooler, younger. Well, <laughs> sure, he's more Austrian. There are some <laughs> movies that I didn't watch growing up because, again, a thing about my childhood that I remember, you know, we were four kids, you know. It, with one TV and, and parents, you know, one TV. So there was a, there's a hierarchy of who got to choose what went on. And there were certain situations where I didn't get to watch movies. And I remember everyone at school getting excited because the Popeye movie was going to be Jesus on. Jesus Christ. And I didn't see it. And I remember being gutted thinking, oh, I'm the only one at school who's not going to have seen that last night. Fucking nerd. I know. Lucky escape as well. <laughs> Years later. Although I do still, I do want to go to Malta because be the set me. is still there untouched. I'm like, fuck it. I'll just go see it. Um, Why wouldn't it be? It's the best thing to come out of Malta. I remember the It two-part TV movie. I remember that being on TV and we were on holiday at the time. It was like a staycation, UK staycation. Yeah. And um, I was like, yeah, I am watching it though tonight. All right. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when it came to it, it's like, no, no, no. You know, you, you need to go to bed because like we're going to parents and you know the adults are staying up drinking yep. I say it's bullshit this holiday <laughs> <laughs> to be fair though it was bullshit I want to see a killer clown like, <laughs> that's the only reason I came on this holiday um, yeah I, but but there were Terminator 2 The Exorcist I remember I remember when someone got a video of that that became like a it's like fucking gold or something yeah like so, so and so's got a copy of it how like, many lies did you have in our school we had lies we were like oh, I've got a copy of it it was like have you bring it then Chris he oh, didn't bring I, I think it. I he didn't have it, dickhead. I must have seen it again really young, like year seven. Yeah. I must have been like 12, 13 when I watched had The a, Exorcist. Had a lot. Had a, I remember watching it though. And that was one of the movies I came out of it going, that one too bad. I was more scared of Beetlejuice growing up than I was The Exorcist. I was scared of bees. The fucking my girl did a proper number on me. I was like terrified that B was going to kill me because at the time I didn't understand that. Do you know what I was watching? My... I, I didn't understand. Yeah, I remember watching that thinking, you can't die from bees. Yeah, you can't die from bees. And then like my parents like, you can. And I'm like, can you? Yeah, it was like, maybe we should stop like, 
being a shit out yeah. in the garden. Then. I was like some fucking maverick at the but, time. But that, but what really upset me was as well is that I think I must have seen Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters was huge in my family. Yeah, yeah. But Dan one, Aykroyd yeah. was like, why isn't the Ghostbusters saving him? It's like Dan Aykroyd plays like the dad. He's fucking useless. Oh God, mate, I'm getting a tear now. Fucking well, Dan Aykroyd was useless because he was also in the movie Casper. And he couldn't get rid of them guys. That was, that was funny. Do you know what, Casper, is one of my favourite films for cameos. Got a lot of great cameos. Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Uh, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. Uh, Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd, yeah. Um, Jaws, I remember watching too young. Monty Python. My granddad on the other side, so not my nan from my mum's side, mm-hmm. my granddad from my dad's side, he was he was a bit stricter like he wasn't the fun babysitter. He wasn't the grown. He wasn't the fun pa- grandparent. He wasn't the fun, he wasn't the grandparent that was going to. So the one that you wanted to when when they went you go around granddad's about like, which one? Yeah, <laughs> which one? And, but I do remember Monty Python being on, and he was like, "You can stay down and watch this if you want." That's it was cool. he's like, "This is a film you need to see." So I remember watching that. Um, Alien, we talked about Batman, probably the first superhero movie I ever saw. Yeah, definitely. I remember blockbusters, right? And talking about films like Dunstan Checks In and the movies that I used to rent week in, week out, Sandlot Kids, whatever it was. But they did have the classic, um, like, American superhero section with, yeah. like, the original Captain America, The Flash, The Hawks. And I was never really blown away by it. As, as a kid, like, I went to go see Nephews recently who are just, they can name every... Yeah. Combo character. Even the three year olds, like, this is Hulk. And he, you know, Bruce Banner turns into Hulk because gamma rays. I'm like, Jesus. At three, I knew how to, like, go to the toilet, maybe. <laughs> but then, like, I, 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 I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't read any source material of graphic novels or anything or, or comic books. So I, I wasn't into those things. Well, Batman was cool. Even from Batman was cool. I think, um, I think, weirdly, because Superman came out before, we're talking about Tim Burton Batmans, aren't we? Mm. Even despite the fact that, Superman had come out before. I just think Batman everyone gravitated to because of, because it came out when we were of age. Again, one of my stories about being sneak, sneaked in. My I had a friend and their mum snuck us in to see Batman Returns, and we I missed the first five minutes because it was she said it was easier to sneak in after the film had already started because there was less ushers around. Mm. So I always so that's again I remember seeing that film. And it was a twelve, so I must have been quite young when that came out. I it was a fifteen that, that one, wasn't it? Oh, either way then. So I was young. The Ritz saw that in the Ritz mm. down the road. Because I missed that. I used to love that cinema, the Riz. Yeah, it still had its half-time ice cream, had the carpet. Yeah. It's not Weatherspoons. How yeah. times have changed. Can't win them all. I, I then went through this weird phase of getting into Mel Gibson. Really? Yeah. You never mentioned that before. Yeah, I think ever since I saw the movie Ransom. That's a cracking Which film. was the catalyst of watching a movie and it spin on its head. And, ju- and I remember, I've said this loads of times on the podcast, watching that movie and being like, literally like a light went off in my head going, movies can do this. Like movies can just take you down one way and then just completely throw it a different way. And the acting was superb. And and then I got I, got, I went down this deep Mel Gibson rabbit hole. So that actually leads me to an interesting question. As a child and you're watching this film, when did you, what film did you first, I guess you kind of answered it for you. Is that the film that kind of like made you love film? Yeah. Like that's the root cause. It's like here you, you were watching Ransom and it kind of blew you away, took you somewhere else and you were like, Wow, you can do this. Mm. For me, it was. I'm, I'm going back to the. I'm going back to the well. Uh, Willy Wonka, and the Chocolate, purely because I loved the book and how I saw it in the book is how it came mm. to life. And I was right. I was like, the my imagination's on the screen. Mm. And I remember thinking, I could. Here's what it was, and this is what led me. Here. I remember thinking I would do that differently. Even as a kid, I was like, oh, cool, it'd be cool if they did this. And I always wanted Vinicius Kinnead in it because I remember them in the books. I was like, oh, I can't wait to see Vicious Kinnead. And it was my want to see Vicious Kinnead that made me watch films. 
Mm. Does that make sense? I always wanted to see how I would do it differently. Even as a kid, I was like, oh, I'd be great. And instead of doing that, I just like piss on stuff now. <laughs> but so. then Charlie and Chocolate Factory, it, it was like Funhouse, wasn't it? That's yeah. the whole point of that movie. It was this, the, the moment they go in, it's like every room is different. You can lick wallpaper and, you know, you just love the world. Do you know what? We say this every week, or you do, is you talk about the world building. Mm. I think that might be one of the best worlds yeah. ever in any and state that's what of affairs. annoys me about the remake. Like, that should have been a home run. Yeah. That should have been a home run. Like, the, how do you get that movie wrong? And, well, and like, it, Tim it, was like, let me fucking show you. Yeah, but, the, as, as the, but then we say this about the Alice in Wonderland movie, and technically both of their movies were hugely profitable. So regardless of what critics say, they made an absolute shit ton at the box office. So they, I suppose they weren't failures, but it's really, I remember watching it and being like, this is disappointing. Yeah. They you really know. were bad as well. Yeah. But how'd you get it wrong? And like that film could have been so good. And this is the thing, you know, I said it at the time, I'll say it again in 50 years time, someone will go, what does an umpa lumpa look like? And they'll say orange with green hair. Yeah. Because the original will always stand the test of time. And that's perfect. And I just remember watching these films. Well, here you go. What about babe? Like if you talk about the film, babe, right. So I must seen that quite older in my generation. But what is it that when I'm like a kid, I, th- I was still in primary school, so I remember we had a school trip to go see it. But even as a kid, it's like, that's Sean engaged me. It's about a pig that talks. Why have I just mentioned the film? Because you know what? I fell in love with Ferdinand the Duck. I, yeah. The memories, they're just brilliant. Like Ferdinand was, Ferdinand was the man. He was like- And the his, singing mice. His missus got killed. Ferdinand jailbreaked, mate. He was like, right, I'm done with this world. I'll see you <laughs> later. Puts himself in a little basket and has a babe launch him. Ferdinand, MVP. I remember the characters like, like tomorrow, the tomorrow of war, whatever. In two years, I won't remember anything about that film. Yeah, but that's your dementia kicking in. <laughs> but I'll still remember, I'll still remember like Ferdinand running into space. I'll still remember Christina Ritchie having an argument with uh, the three ghosts. I will remember, you know, you lose, you get nothing. I'll still remember, Guna, you lost it for me. <laughs> I'll remember all of these things, but I will not remember the films now. Childhood was that special time. Thank you, movies, for getting me. And I just like that informative years. I think if I watched a different film, I'd be a different person. So that's to blame. <laughs> I, the poster to Babe, even as a kid, yeah. I remember looking at that poster going, that looks boring. Yes, exactly. But it, it was enjoyable. And I'll read you, mate, Charlotte's Web. I don't and remember- I'm not talking about the Julia Roberts one. Yeah. Talk about the original. The original. Old school. Mm. I like that one. That was again a book that I read at school, and then when I saw the film, I was like, oh, "That's that's exactly how I imagined it." That spider looks like how I would have <laughs> that spider, spider would look. Spot on. Yeah. Don't know some of my spiders weren't bigger villains in uh, childhood things. Arachnophobia. <laughs> there's a film from your childhood. Yeah. Terrified me. Never understood why spiders weren't like a bigger person because I think arachnophobia PG terrifies kids can terrify adults. Was it too good? Was it too good to people be like, fuck? Spiders. It's Jeff Daniels, isn't it? It's Jeff Daniels yeah. that's in that. We had John Goodman. John Goodman. And uh, the bad guy from season five of 24. <laughs> yes. Cool. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Sounds He's the one. expert, isn't he? He's the expert, yeah. Uh, Julianne Sands. Boom. Right, I've quit. That's the most impressive thing I'll ever do on this podcast. Remember Julian Sands' name. Well, he was in uh, Rose Red, which was a straight-to-TV film that Stephen King wrote. I don't think it's from a book, but that's actually quite enjoyable, that movie. And he's in that. Julian Julian Sands, there you go. Check him out. (laughs) The young and upcomer. (laughs) He also played, he also played the Scarecrow's dad in the Gotham TV series. Oh. He's one of the guys that keeps popping up, doesn't he? Yeah. What about, speaking of um, Scarecrow, Wizard of Oz. 
and that type of thing. Was that so? Wizard of Oz to me is a weird one because I know it's universally loved. Even as a kid, it didn't connect me because it was too bright, and I was it was must have been a goth. Mm. <laughs> it was like can be Batman, some dark leather. Um, but that's obviously huge. That that's brought up several generations. That film's not going anywhere. That that film that brought up the last generations, bringing up this generations, bringing up the next generation. It's a, it's a universally loved film that is timeless through all generations. I, well, we, sorry, my family, we had He-Man Master of the Universe on video that was taped off the TV. Yeah. And I talked about it straight into Dark Crystal. Mm. But He-Man must have been the most played film in our house, I think, growing up, mainly because of my brother. Yeah. But there was a lot of He-Man. A lot of half I tell you, there was another film that I saw way too young as well, and that was Rocky Horror Picture Show. Way too young when I saw that. I saw it too old, I can't appreciate it. Because bad experience watching it. I went through, a, there were actually, there were quite a lot of musicals growing up that I did see. I remember what, uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Ah, I remember. Do you know what? When I was looking at my list, there wasn't enough Rick Moranis in it. Mm. Like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, that was big growing up as well, yeah. actually. Yeah. I think Rick, Rick Moranis, because you'd even argue that Spaceballs was a huge, because as a kid, Oh, I didn't see Spaceballs. Luckily, I didn't see Spaceballs, so I was older and I could get all the references. Ah, you see, that was where I was. I, I loved a fourth wall break, even as a child. Mm. God, you must love a fourth wall break. Like the bit where he gets, I didn't appreciate this as a kid, is where he fast forwards the movie to find out the plan. Yeah. Mate, that's top notch. <laughs> you couldn't get away with movies like that no, now, you could couldn't. you? It's a different era as well, but you spend a lot of money just taking the piss out of one specific genre of film. The mm. Wayne Brothers kind of destroyed that with Scary Movie moved the uh, spoof movie into a lower kind of type of film. Uh, but Scary Movie 1 was good. Childhood uh, comedy. So we talked about Ron Williams. It's got to be, it's got to be your boy though. Um, I've forgotten his name. Nick, oh, wrongly accused and stuff like that. He's Mr. McGill. Nielsen. L- Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen as well. Remember him fondly from my childhood. Yeah, Naked Guns were big actually. Yeah. Hot Shots as well. I remember fucking loving the Hot Shot film so much. I know it wasn't uh, Leslie Nielsen in those. It was the other actor. I can't remember who the one from, the other one from Airplane, <laughs> the air traffic controller. But like the president in those films. Or, but he's like, uh, some of the jokes in there are so brilliant. He's like, oh, I've got my father's eyes. Opens up like he's literally got his father's eyes in a book. The, the, the humour. She's so hot that he cooks meat on her. That sort mm. of thought. They're so funny. The Hot Shots ones the were The Colonel brilliant. in Hot Shots was the Colonel in Rambo though, wasn't it? It's the same actor. Yeah. Taking the piss out yeah, of the was film that he yeah. played. Yeah. Was, yeah. I, I remember Hot Shots was, was un, unlike Spaceballs. I saw that young and then years later got all the references. Yeah. Like years later, I was like, all oh, right, now that all makes sense. Mate, it's one of the funniest things as well. Is in the first one, it's like uh, they're cheering him. It's like, he's, he's like, you got no wings. It's like, yeah, I've, I've come in fast. And all those people are cheering. He's like, uh, we're, we're coming in fast. Do you, do you maybe want to get out of the way? I remember <laughs> as a kid, I was not fucking running. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. There's also, I think, Something to be said about because toys were marketed at kids, yeah. sometimes my parents would let us watch a movie because there were toys that we should not have seen that movie. Yes, I'm looking at you, Robocop. I had a Robocop toy and the Terminator before, yeah, I did, I did, before yeah. I'd seen either of them. Mate, I've played the Robocop versus Terminator game before I even knew what I was fucking. I was like, what's a Robocop? Mm. What's a Terminator? Turns out it's an awesome franchise. <laughs> I think, well, it wasn't. I probably saw Highlander really too young as well. I, I don't remember Highlander. I think these were all like gateway movies. I tr- I really am struggling to think like, what is the film I saw more? I mean, I know I saw some films more, but like, what is the film to of, me, that would define my childhood? To me, it's, it's probably Indiana Jones. And the reason that I'm bringing it up late is because I've, I had, you know, when you record a film, I didn't even have a recording. 
we they were bought on VHS. Mm. So I had them. They were just that. There was no trailers at the beginning. It was beautiful. Casper is, I think, is a very good call as a movie that there was that hocus pocus. There was films of that time as well where if it wasn't going to stay with your family, if it wasn't a bunch of kids on a summer adventure, it was a family relocating and leaving all your friends behind and you're having to settle in, you're the new kid at school. You know, right the way from things like, um, what's with the cry kids, you know, through to Hocus Pocus to Casper, those, but there was also, also one thing that is definite from my childhood is that none of these films were British. Yeah. I I didn't want to see films about, you know, my school life or I went to see worlds. I went to see different places. I remember at school, we read the book Kez. Or there was another one about like a World War II plane goes down and there's three kids that look after the German pilot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that one. And, um, I remember thinking, or, or or when you read the book Lord of the Flies, you just think British children, fucking awful, <laughs> just mm. awful. American kids, they're learning crying shit. Here we're learning about responsibilities and Britishness. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I remember watching Kez? I think brilliant film now. Yeah, yeah. But as yeah. a kid, it was like it was depression. <laughs> it was just like <laughs> six year old kid who's just like, how bad would you like to feel about yourself? Mm. Time to watch the film Kez. <laughs> yeah. anytime you're in the cinema you got like sweets treats and all that stuff and it's like don't buy Ken Loach I'm going to put these down okay. Okay. I just no, I'm sorry I'm just going to start apologising <laughs> yeah I, I think maybe something like Beethoven Beethoven 2 that was also something really exciting I remember the excitement of sequels as a kid yeah yeah like there was because you the, didn't know did was, you you well, didn't know how shit they were going to be there were two things though it was either that you watched a film and then like the year later, the sequel come out and it was like, oh my God, I get to revisit the story. Or you watch a film and then your parents or you find out there's actually two or three of these. And you're like, oh, there's, there's more of this? You know, that was really exciting. I remember as a kid. Now, you know? uh, now I've saved my phone. No, I completely agree with you. And I've saved it. I've saved no, my- No, I'll tell you what my favorite, my, just before you go to yours, because mine is, is, is less of a talking point. I've said it numerous times. Jason the Argonauts and the Sinbad movies, the Clash of the Titans films, those are my favourite. So if you're talking about imagination, they are so imaginative. And you know what? To get a kid interested in like ancient Greece and stuff mm. like that, all you need is some... It's just, <laughs> I, I it's wanted just... to see dead skeletons rise and fight. And I wanted to see cyclopses fight crabs and all that <laughs> stuff that happens in those movies. Innovative as well. The, the, the movies where... Even as a kid, I could tell that, that it wasn't real and they were puppets. At the time, I probably would have thought they were puppets rather than the birth of stop motion. But even them, I think, were great. And then I think going into like learning about horror, because I got really into horror really young. I think it's a, is it a boy thing? Is it like a tough, like, I'm not scared kind of thing? Maybe. Where you get into, because I remember, you know, like 12, 10, 11, 12, 13, just being glued to like Bravo, Sci-Fi Channel. And I watched all sorts of shit. <laughs> I watched all the sequels that no one wants to watch. And I see, and I know I'm all back to front. And I think those then probably kind of molded me after. But yeah, growing up, I think Jason the Argonauts is probably the big one. No, it's, that's that's a huge one. If you think about it, innovative as well, it brought it gave birth to like different different ways of filming. You've you've mentioned mm. stop motion, but also foreground camera work, a lizard man in a lizard costume about four mile back to give the illusion that he's far away. Great trick editing, half screens. There's a, there's an awful lot that it gave birth to, which we still use to this day. So that's very. Very positive. And also, like I said, storylines got you involved in this. Kid, you're like, it's pretty simple. Here's a hero. He's a 
plethora of actual villains that are villains. Easy to know because yeah. you know one of them's Medusa. <laughs> you know yeah. they're, they're easy to spot. It's a lizard. Mm. <laughs> Look at the you know the normal ones. They're the good guys. Everyone else villain. <laughs> um, who did I learn from the most? So if Ron Williams is your dad and Arnie is your cool you know stepfather, what you need is an uncle, mate. And there ain't no finer uncle than Uncle, uncle Book. book. Mm. And it's just John Candy's career from Plain Strange and Automobiles. He was there every time you knew you were going to have an adventure. Even do you know what? I worked out when I was watching this when I was talking about Home Alone. So I wonder why I like Home Alone. And you know what? I know John Candy's only in it. He's a cameo. He's in there for a few minutes, but he's there to explain, you know, that everyone's a bad parent. Plain Strange and Automobiles. Uncle Buck. That film with Dan Aykroyd is Lost in Wilderness or something where the two families share a cabin. Do you know what? John Candy to me is my childhood. I grew up on his films. He's brilliant. I still thank him to this day. He's passed and it upsets me greatly. John Candy's a Hollywood great. And the biggest compliment I can give is responsible for some of the greatest films I've ever watched as a child. They're all, the majority of them are crap now, but then that wasn't his job. His job was to, it was to, you know, keep me entertained as a kid. I've watched Uncle Buck recently. Mm. It's really nice seeing that kind of style. You know, he goes into a school smoking a massive cigar. It's a different era. It was an era I remember fondly. You know, trying to pee in a small urinal. It's not, it's not, let's be honest, it's not Shakespearean. But it, <laughs> but it is, it is insane. <laughs> so, not much, but it's honest work. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, John Candy, all of his films growing up, I had such fun. Thank you very much, John. Yeah, I think, thinking back to it now, the 90s were a great time to grow up watching film. I'm yeah. probably not as much as an adult. Like, they were, they were, don't get wrong, 95 was a great year for film. Yeah. But, 80s were wicked and there's nothing wrong growing up in the 90s there was a lot of good stuff there that kind of went of into stuff. it um yeah i don't know i don't know what i want to watch now like because hearing you talk about that i kind of wish it was christmas i kind of want to watch home alone i'm oh, sorry um no i've got nothing mm. playing strange automobiles i'll probably watch there you go it's a great film thanksgiving film as well what are we gonna do next week i don't know do you want to do john candy <laughs> i would like to do the toby Maguire spider-man trilogy be setting up something special in the summer maybe yes. but i would really like with all the hype going on with spider-man at the minute i kind of want to watch it i'll join you mate i kind of want to go back because that was a catalyst for all these movies now because it'll take us it'll take us off the pressure of august when we do our summer extravaganza there's three films that we can take out exactly because you know what we're doing in august yeah yes so spider-man trade so we'll pop that out like tomorrow what your thoughts and feelings are Give us your quick reviews and we'll... Uh, we'll and we're nice. already to shit on that third one. Don't yeah. worry. Don't get... Get in line. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Uh, but that second one is near perfect. And the first one... It's it just... It, like, it's the callous. Like, without that movie, that movie was fucking awesome. Yeah. It was yeah. so good. I remember saying, like, I didn't grow up with um, superhero movies and stuff like that. That one, I remember coming out and it was big. It was like, oh my God, they're making a... Sp and he looks like Spider-Man. It looks real. <sighs> yeah. Spider-Man. Cool. We'll do that. And I, I, he's, I think he probably is my favourite superhero as well. So, other than that, you watching Loki yet? No. You want to watch Loki, mate? Fucking have, brilliant. Have you seen the cast list for Knives Out 2? I have. I've started seeing some of the people that have been uh, added to Dave it. Dave Bautista, Ethan Hawke, um, Janelle Noel from uh, the film that we reviewed today. Oh, cool. Um, so, it's got it's got a huge... The cast looks more impressive than the first one. So, I'm really looking forward to it. Problem is you can't you can't bring back Michael Shannon and that's going to be the big it is, problem. But maybe if they bring back, maybe if they bring Moshali, maybe save it all. Mm, blades buzzing in the, in the minute. There isn't is. it? And uh, Stefan Dwarf's come out and said, 
Is it Stephen Dwarf? The guy who played in the original Blade. He's come out and started slagging off Marvel oh, films. Oh, Stephen Dwarf? Stephen Dwarf. Stephen Dwarf, he was the bad guy in Justice League, wasn't he? Okay, all no, right. Yeah. He's come out and he's like, oh, Marvel films are disgusting, you know, terrible. Him forgetting he was in. He was in, the, he was <laughs> he was in like, one of the big ones, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of the first ones that started him. <laughs> Twat. <laughs> um, that's our show for this week. If you like the episode, don't forget to like, subscribe. You get a new episode each and every week. If you want us to cover a particular, particular topic, just let us know. Um, other than that, I think that was quite, that wasn't as loose and as, um, I don't know, f- maybe not as fun as last week. We're, I mean, because every week we, we'd never really script what we're doing. We just kind of press record and then go. We certainly don't fucking edit. <laughs> so all you hear is what you get. And last don't, week was very much like... You're ruining the magic for no, they, know, they know, James. <laughs> they know. I like, I like when you say that. It's like, we don't edit this show. And it's, everyone just goes, we, we, we know. know. Yeah. Um, the... There was an honesty about last week's episode where we were just like riffing and stuff and it was fun. And this week felt quite serious, quite down to earth. Yeah, it was childhood, isn't it? It's what made us who. Uh, So next week's Spider-Man. If I don't see you later, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Goodbye.